And with that, make sure you have your Bibles handy. We are ready to dive into God's Word together. We are continuing our study of the greatest sermon of all time, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Today we're going to be in the heart of that Sermon on the Mount, finishing our look at the Lord's Prayer. So open those Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. Well, there was a little boy who got into some mischief and trouble at home, and so mom was getting so infuriated with that little guy that she sent him to his room to think about how he could become a better boy. And so she sent him off to his room. A few minutes later, the little boy comes downstairs, walks up to his mom and says, Mommy, I thought about what I did and I said a prayer. Well, mom was delighted. She says, Son, that is music to my ears. You know that when you pray to God to be a good boy, God will help you be a good boy. And he looked at her with scrunched eyebrows and said, Well, Mommy, I didn't pray that God would help me be a good boy. I prayed that God would help you put up with me. (laughs) Well, surprisingly, God answered that little boy's prayer. But I think he missed the point of prayer, don't you think? As we've been learning over these last few weeks, prayer is not about getting God to do what I want. Prayer is about aligning ourselves with what God wants. I've been sharing with you that wonderful quote from Robert Law that goes like this. Prayer is a mighty instrument, not for getting man's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will done on earth. Amen? So, often Christians will say, I don't want to pray out loud because I don't have the right words. But effective prayer isn't about having the perfect words. Perfect prayer is about aligning ourselves with our perfect God. Amen? Perfection is more about Him than about us and the words we may use. Well, this morning we're going to take a final look at the Lord's Prayer located right in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. And we'll come together and and look this one last time at this amazing prayer to see what Jesus is teaching us. Today we'll tie it all together, what we've been learning from Jesus about prayer in recent weeks. I'm calling today's message the Lord's Prayer, part 3. So we're in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. We're going to start in verse 5 of Matthew 6 and look at all of these passages about prayer that we've been tackling over this past month together. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. Jesus said, And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Hmm. May God bless us as we read and apply his word to our lives today. Heavenly Father, be with me as I share your word. I pray that my words would not get in the way of your words. Give us ears to hear and soft hearts ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here in the first half of Matthew 6, remember, Jesus gives us these three examples of righteous acts. Three examples of righteous acts that every Pharisee and teacher of the law carried out faithfully in his day. These three religious acts, the first of those we looked at last month in the first four verses of the chapter, is giving to the poor. Uh, The second example was prayer. That's what we've been spending more time on because Jesus spends more time on that example. He tackles that in verses 5 through 15, the verses we just read together. And then finally, his third example that we'll look at next week on Mother's Day is fasting. Uh, just think about it. Nothing says Happy Mother's Day like a sermon on fasting. <laughs> it's actually going to be a good sermon, so I hope you'll be back with us next week for that one. But Jesus gives these three examples of religious acts that are important, but there is a right and a wrong way to carry out each of these religious acts. Remember what we've been learning in recent weeks. When it came to giving to the poor, there was a wrong way to give to the poor. Jesus said you shouldn't get out there on the busy street corners and blow your trumpets and say, hey, everybody, I'm giving to the poor. Look at how generous I am. Jesus said don't give to the poor that way. Give in secret. When it came to prayer, Jesus says, you're not supposed to go out on the busy street corners and pray as loudly as you can so people think you're all religious. You're not supposed to pray as loud as you can in a crowded synagogue so you're impressing people. And then as we get to fasting next week, we'll see that Jesus says much the same thing. You don't fast to draw attention to yourselves. You fast so you can meet with God. And so when all was said and done, Jesus makes it clear that there are wrong ways and right ways to carry out these three religious acts. Now, Jesus in verse 2 begins calling those who carry out these acts for their own selfish uh, motives. He calls them hypocrites. And he uses this word over and over again in this passage about these three religious acts. He says, don't be a hypocrite. Remember, we learned that a hypocrite was a word used in ancient Greece of a Greek actor, someone who wore a mask and pretended to be someone who they were not. Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. Don't pretend to care about the poor if you don't really care about them. Uh, Don't pretend that you love praying to God when you really don't. And and don't pretend like you're all full of humility when you're really just full of yourself. Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. When you give to the poor, when you pray, and when you fast, keep a lid on it. Keep it very personal just between you and your Father in heaven. So let's zero in on this second example that we've been focusing on in recent weeks, this example of prayer. And so once again, just so we all remember what we've been learning about the right and the wrong ways to prayer, first of all, to pray. First of all, here's the wrong way to pray. The wrong way to pray is to pray in a way that makes you the center of attention. Jesus says that's the wrong way to pray. 
And then he basically says in those verses about prayer, here's the right way to pray. The right way to pray is to pray discreetly and privately, motivated by a heartfelt desire to spend quality time with your Father in heaven. In other words, pray like Jesus. You can read over verses 5 through 8 again, and I think you'll come to the conclusion that that is what Jesus is saying there. Discreetly, privately, out of a heartfelt desire to spend quality time with your Father in heaven. Well, Jesus prayed in public, but the lifeblood of his prayer was his private prayer. The prayers he would lift up when he would go into that secret place and spend one-on-one time with his Father in heaven. We find examples of that in Mark 1.35 and over in Luke 5.16. Remember that great quote that I shared with you a few weeks ago from William Barclay. He says it this way, We must pray in secret before we pray in public. It is not wrong to pray in public in the assembly or even when blessing food or seeking God's help. But it is wrong to pray in public if we are not in the habit of praying in private. Observers may think that we are practicing prayer when we are not. And this is hypocrisy. So never forget your daily one-on-one time with God in your secret place will be the lifeblood of your faith and your service to Christ. That's the foundation of your prayer life, your prayers in secret, just one-on-one, you and God. God is wanting to meet with you in your secret place. Now, Jesus doesn't just teach us the wrong way to pray. Thankfully, he also teaches us the right way to pray. And he does that specifically in verses 9 through 15. The right way to pray, we know it as the Lord's Prayer. Remember that the Lord's Prayer is a a great prayer to memorize, but Jesus never intended us to memorize it word for word and then rotely quote it over and over and over again word for word mindlessly. To Jesus, that would be babbling. If we are just rotely speaking that prayer word for word without really thinking about what we're praying, that's babbling. Jesus says, don't do it. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer model. It's a roadmap. It's a blueprint for effective and powerful prayer. Over the last two Sundays, we've taken a closer look at the six prayer requests in the Lord's Prayer. Let's look at them quickly. Prayer number one, hallowed be your name. Prayer number two, your kingdom come. Prayer number three, your will be done. Prayer number four is five and six. We looked at last week. Prayer number four is give us today our daily bread. Prayer number five, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And prayer number six, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We've learned so much about this prayer over the past two weeks. For example, we learned that here in this Lord's Prayer, you will never find a single first-person singular pronoun. You won't find I, me, or my anywhere in this prayer model. You'll only find the plural pronouns we, us, and our. And so that's revealing a a beautiful insight. Jesus wants us to know that regardless of whether you and I are in our secret place, spending one-on-one time alone with God, or we're together with other Christians, we should remember that prayers are to be much bigger than me, myself, and I. Don't just pray, Father, hallowed be your name in my life. Pray, Father, hallowed be your name in our lives. 
Don't just pray, Father, may your will be done in my life. Pray, Father, may your will be done in our lives. May your will be done in my entire family. May your will be done in my workplace. May your will be done in our government. May your will be done in our church and in our schools. And Jesus says, don't just simply pray, uh, Father, uh, give me today my daily bread. But Lord, give us our daily bread. Meet our needs each and every day. Well, if you are a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, then you and I are family. Amen? Isn't that good? You and I are family. We're all together as followers of Christ, part of the family of God. And so we're in this together, right? That's been kind of an overused phrase during COVID, but it's true when it comes to the Christian family we're a part of. We're all in this together, so we don't go rogue in our prayers. We pray like we're all in this together. Amen? All right, well, that's enough of a recap of what we've talked about in recent weeks. Uh, Now I want to kind of tie this all together for us. Uh, By the way, if you've missed any of these prior three messages about prayer from Matthew 6, I encourage you to go back and watch them because each of them is very important and they've built on one another. And so you can find those. If you're joining us online, you can find those on Facebook. You can find them on YouTube. Those are the easiest place to find them. But if technology is acting up, uh, you can always call or email the church office. We'd be happy to make you a CD uh, of any of these messages. Just let us know. But over the next few minutes, I would like to show you how powerful and practical the Lord's Prayer is when it's not just repeated rotely, but instead is used how Jesus intended it to be used, when it's used as a prayer model while we're praying. First, I'd like to point out to you the simplest prayer model that I've ever learned. It's based on the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer model that we've taught at Impact for many years We've taught it because it's super easy to memorize. You can literally memorize this prayer model in 10 seconds. Okay, Even if you're not good at memorizing, you can memorize this in 10 seconds. It's simply the word pray, P-R-A-Y. And each of those letters stands for a different building block of effective prayer. It's good to start off your prayer time with some P, praise and thanks. P reminds us to praise God in our prayers, praising Him for who He is. He is holy, he is loving, he is creator. And then thanking him for what he's done. Thank you for the food on my table. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the clothes on my back. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. We start with some praise and thanks. P reminds us to praise God. How about R? R reminds us to repent in our prayers. We, in our repentance, confess our sin to God. And then we repent. We turn from that sin. We make that spiritual U-turn. Remember to do that in your prayers. If you look at these first two parts of this prayer model, praise and thanks and repent, you can find examples right here in the Lord's Prayer. For instance, praise. Hallowed be your name, the first of those six requests, is not just a request, it's also praising God. We want His name to be hallowed. How about repent? We find that in the, I think it's the fifth request. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, so that's... Uh, the, the repentance part, or no, I was actually number five is forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. That's even more uh, confession and repentance than the sixth one is. How about the next two? Ask. The A reminds us to ask God. All six of these individual prayer requests in the Lord's Prayer really are asking. 
So you could pick any of them. Let's pick number uh, five that I uh, mentioned a moment ago. Uh, or let's even go with number four. Number four is uh, give us today our daily bread. So that's one of these six requests. It's important and, and necessary to have requests in our prayers. And then finally, yield. Always make sure you spend time yielding to God in your prayers. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Before he was arrested, he said, Not my will, but yours be done. Right here in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says in that third request, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we yield to God. P-R-A-Y. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. Those are four wonderful building blocks to prayer. And you can find examples of each of those in the Lord's Prayer. So if you can remember this P-R-A-Y prayer model, it will help your prayer requests uh, become more biblically based. And it'll help you echo the Lord's Prayer as you pray. It'll help you pray prayers that move you away from trying to get your will carried out in heaven and move you in the direction of getting God's will carried out in your own life and in the lives of those around you. So the PRAY model will continue to teach that at Impact. It's a good prayer model. Now, it's easy to memorize this PRAY model, but I want to suggest to you today that even though this model is simple, it's it's effective, it's it's biblical, I want to suggest to you that we can pray the Lord's Prayer more directly to take our prayers even to the next level beyond simply using this P-R-A-Y model. This P-R-A-Y model, you can hunt for those different four ingredients, the praise, the repent, the ask, and the yield. You can hunt for them in the Lord's Prayer and find examples there. But is there a way to start at the very top of the Lord's Prayer and work your way down through all six of those prayer requests that Jesus lifts up in the Lord's Prayer? Is there a way that we can start at the top and work our way down regardless of what we're praying for? Well, the answer is absolutely. I want to show you how you can pray the Lord's Prayer for any prayer need. Regardless of what it is, whether it is someone's diagnosis with a terminal illness or your rent being overdue or getting fired from your job or Aunt Myrtle's abscessed tooth, whatever the prayer need is, I want to show you that the Lord's Prayer can be prayed for every specific need that you have. I wish someone had taught me this years ago. And it's something I've just recently discovered. You know what? I've heard people teach for years that this is a prayer model. But I never had anyone show me how it can be used as a prayer model for every specific prayer need that I have. It's amazing. It's remarkable. I'm going to share with you three examples of prayers that we lift up, all of us, at some point or another. And how you can pray through this Lord's Prayer from top to bottom for each of those three specific prayer needs. Sound like a plan? Well, here we go. Example number one is going to deal with praying for our political leaders. This Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. And so hopefully millions of Americans will be praying for our national, state, and local leaders this Thursday. And hopefully millions of Christians will be praying specifically for President Biden. And so this is going to be our first example, praying for President Biden. 
I'm going to first give you a few examples of good Bible-based prayers that we can pray for President Biden. And then we're going to see how if we pray the Lord's Prayer, it takes those prayers to the next level. So first of all, here's some good prayers, biblically-based prayers, that we could pray for President Biden. Uh, God, keep him healthy. Secondly, uh, God, save him. Open his eyes to the truth of the gospel. He claims to be Catholic, but help him to realize that Catholicism will not save him. Only Jesus will. How about give him wisdom to make the best decisions and courage to carry them out? And then surround him with godly advisors. Would you agree that these are good and biblically based prayers? Absolutely, right? These are good biblically based prayers. There's nothing wrong with those prayers. They are good. But I want to show you how you can take your prayers to the next level by praying the Lord's Prayer for President Biden. Starting at the top, prayer number one, hallowed be your name. How could we pray that for President Biden? Well, it might go like this. Father, I pray that every time President Biden speaks and every time he makes a decision, he would hallow your holy name. May he honor, esteem, treasure, and love the name of God. Amen? How about that second prayer request in the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come. You could pray this for President Biden. Father, I ask that your kingdom would expand in President Biden's heart, in his home, and in his administration. Isn't that a marvelous prayer? May your kingdom expand in him and all around him. How about the third prayer request? Father, your will be done. You could pray this. Father, I pray that your will would be done in President Biden's cabinet meetings and in every executive order that he signs. How about prayer number four about uh, giving us our daily bread? You could pray, Father, I ask that you would teach President Biden to depend upon you every day for his every need. How about prayer number five? Father, I ask that President Biden would let go of any bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness that he is holding on to and that he would then turn to you for your forgiveness. And then prayer number six, Father, please lead President Biden into tests or temptations that he can handle. Do not lead him into tests or temptations that he can't handle. Please, Lord, deliver him from Satan's temptations to please his party and his donors and the media. Deliver him from Satan's temptations to take the path of least resistance. May he hate sin as much as you hate sin, O Holy Father. Wow. Aren't these powerful prayers simply praying each of those six parts of the Lord's Prayer from top to bottom? It's powerful. Do you see how praying the Lord's Prayer for President Biden would take your prayers to the next level? And it would do the same to your prayers for Vice President Harris. It would do the same for your prayers for Nancy Pelosi or Governor Newsom or the mayor of Victorville, Mayor Deborah Jones. Regardless of which leader you were praying for, political or otherwise, praying the Lord's Prayer will take your prayers to the next level. Example number two, praying for a broken marriage. I've been praying for at least six hurting marriages for months. Every day, I do it faithfully, praying for at least six hurting marriages. 
And I've prayed prayers much like this. Maybe you've prayed similar prayers as well. These are good and, and biblically based prayers. Lord, rekindle their love for each other. Father, restore the respect for each other. I find that in Ephesians 5 where it says, Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. We pray for love and respect. That's a good and biblical prayer. How about this one? God, help them to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We find that in James 1 verse 19. How about help them, Lord, to be patient with each other and to forgive each other. These are good and biblically based prayers, but we can take those prayers for hurting marriages to the next level by praying the Lord's Prayer. Watch how this could work. Prayer number one. Father, may your name be honored, esteemed, treasured, and loved in their marriage. I guarantee you if their marriage is broken... If they're fighting like cats and dogs, they are not even carrying out the first of these prayer requests in the Lord's Prayer. They are not hallowing the name of God. Pray that for those two. Pray that for that couple. Prayer number two. Father, I pray that your kingdom would expand in their hearts and in their home. How about number three? Father, I ask that your will would be done in their conversations, in their schedules, and even in their disagreements, just as your will is done in heaven. These first three prayers are so powerful to pray for hurting and broken marriages. How about prayer request number four? Father, I pray that you would teach them to depend upon your, you every day for their physical needs. Not depend on themselves. Not depend on their jobs or, or whatever else they come up with. Depend on you. Prayer number five. Father, I ask that they would refuse to ask you to forgive them for their sins until they first forgive each other. Wow. What a powerful prayer. And how about number six? Father, please don't lead them into tests or temptations that they can't handle. Deliver them from Satan's temptations to give up on their marriage or to walk away from their marriage. These are powerful, powerful prayers. The Lord's Prayer, prayed for a broken marriage, will take your prayers to the next level. And it will do the same for your prayers for your son or daughter who is in a dating relationship. It will also transform your prayers for relationships at work or at school or at church. The Lord's Prayer can be prayed for any relationship at any time, and it is powerful. Amen? Third and final example, praying for a friend who has cancer. Praying for a friend who has cancer. Here are some good biblically-based prayers that we could pray and oftentimes do pray. Oh, Lord, please heal her. That's shortened to the, to the point, isn't it? Heal her. Uh, God, give her strength to endure. Father, may she draw closer to you and not turn away from you. Or, please have mercy, O oh God. Ease her discomfort and her pain. These are good and biblically based prayers. But we can take those prayers to the next level by praying the Lord's Prayer. Prayer number one, how can we pray for God's name to be hallowed in that diagnosis of cancer? Well, you could pray this. Father, I pray that no matter how hard it gets, she would hallow your holy name. May she honor, esteem, treasure, and love you through her cancer. Do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 9 verse 3? They had come to him. They had seen a man who was blind and they knew he had been blind from birth. And they asked him the question, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples? 
He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned and caused that blindness. He is blind. He has this condition so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Could it be that God has a plan for your friend's cancer? Could it be that the work of God could be displayed in her life? Absolutely. And so we pray, God, may your name be hallowed in and through her in the midst of her cancer. How about prayer number two? Father, I ask that your kingdom would expand among her family and friends and in her workplace and at every doctor's office she walks into. May your kingdom expand. Prayer number three, Father, I pray that you would deliver her from this cancer. But most of all, I pray that you would be with her and your will would be done in spite of her cancer. Prayer number four, Father, I pray that you would teach her to depend on you every day for her physical needs. May she not lean on her own wisdom. May she not lean on her own understanding. May she not lean on her own strength. May she lean on you, O God. Uh, Prayer number five, I pray that, Father, during this time she would let go of all bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and make things right with those who she needs to forgive. And as she does, I pray, O Father, that you would cover her with your mercy and your grace. And prayer number six, Father, please don't lead her into tests or temptations that she can't handle. Deliver her from Satan's temptations to blame you for her pain, to walk away from you, or to give up on life, lead her not into temptation, but deliver her from evil. You see how powerful these prayers can be. Simply doing what Jesus intended us to do, to use this glorious Lord's Prayer as a model to shape our prayers, no matter what we are praying for. These prayers are powerful and effective. You don't have to pray the Lord's Prayer word for word with your specific needs. You do not need to pray the examples I just gave you of how we could adapt each of those six prayers word for word. You use your own words with the leading of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Your words will be a little different than my words, and that's okay. But you use this Lord's Prayer as a prayer model no matter what you're dealing with. You see, these prayers will likely transform the people you are praying for. But even if they don't, they will certainly transform you. Jesus turns to us and says, this then is how you should pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. You are our Father, our Father in heaven. And we want your name to be hallowed. We want your name to be respected and cherished and esteemed and honored and treasured and loved in the lives of everyone we pray for, regardless if we're we're praying for someone who has cancer or someone who's in a broken marriage or someone who's gotten that eviction notice or someone who, who couldn't care less about you. We pray that your name would be hallowed in our lives and in the lives of those around you, around us. Oh God, we pray that your kingdom would expand in the lives of all of us and in the lives of those around us, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our government. May your kingdom expand. Oh God, we pray that your will would be done 
in our lives and in the lives of those around us. No matter what they're dealing with, I pray your will would be done. Lord, I pray that you would give us our daily needs. Meet our daily needs. Give us our our daily bread and provide for us. And may we depend upon you every day. Lord, I pray that we would forgive others first before we come to you and ask for forgiveness for our sins against you. And Lord, I pray that you would not lead us into temptation. Not even lead us into tests that we can't handle. But deliver us from the evil one. Oh God, teach us to follow this model in our prayers. To take our prayers to the next level. Holy Spirit, help us. And may we do it all for the honor and glory of our God in heaven. Our God who was. Our God who is. And our God who is to come. In Jesus' name. Well, like I mentioned, I wish that someone had taught me how to use this prayer model in my prayers years ago. But God has a plan. And His plan, I believe, was to pass this on to you today. And I pray that you will take this prayer and use it as you pray. For those around you, as you pray it for yourself and your family, as you pray it for me and for our church, as you pray it for those in your workplace, whoever you're praying for, I hope, and I pray that you will use this prayer model because Jesus did say, this then is how you should pray. Well, if you're with us today and you've never accepted Christ as Savior, would you go ahead and do that today and stop dragging your feet? There's no better day than today to get right with God. And it's not complicated. You can remember the ABCs. A, admit that you're a sinner and you need the Savior. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and he's your only hope of making it to heaven. And C, choose to follow Jesus Christ now and for the rest of your life. If you've made that decision, I encourage you to reach out to one of our prayer counselors. Their names and numbers are at the bottom of your screen. Reach out to them by phone or text. They'd love to talk with you today. And then finally, to close our service, we're going to take communion together for those of you who are believers and followers of Christ and would like to take communion with me. I'd love to take it with you. Get that bread and that juice right now. That bread reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken for us on the cross. He didn't die on the cross to cover his own sins because he didn't have any. He died on the cross to cover our sins. And so he said, remember, this bread reminds you of my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he said, the juice and the wine remind you of my blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. We are sinners in need of the grace of Christ. Forgive us. Wash us clean. And we pray, O God, that if anyone has sinned against us, that we would forgive them immediately and not hold on to any bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness. Because, Lord, we do not expect you to forgive us if we refuse to forgive others. Lord Jesus, help us to follow you better this week than we followed you last week. And help us to boldly take your kingdom into every place we go. And see your kingdom expand and your will be done in every corner of our world. 
for the glory of our Father in heaven. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you as you serve and honor and worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings this week. He is worthy indeed. God bless you. We'll see you on Mother's Day.